Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. For the last several weeks, uh, we've been working our way through the four key elements of our mission statement. We say them in here each week. You know them. The Know Him Team, Love Him Team, Serve Him Team, and Share Him Team. We're talking now for the second week about the work of the Love Him Team, which primarily relates to uh, our shared practices of worship. We've got now three very unique expressions of worship in our church family, three different services, and so the Love Him team oversees those three services of worship. Now, worship, as we start to think about it, worship is a really a, a thought-provoking thing, isn't it? When you just stop and say, well, what is, what is worship? What happens in worship? worship. What are we doing when we worship? You know, there's, there's singing and praying and, and talking and preaching and hand lifting, Methodist hand lifting like this, you know. Uh, sometimes, we, uh, sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, we have communion, we take up an offering. All of that is, all of that is worship, isn't it? That's, that's worship. That's what, what worship is. But still, we wonder, what is happening to us when we, when we worship. And why does it matter so much? We devote an incredible amount of time and energy and money to this work of worship. Why do we, why do, we do that? I, I just spent a whole week away in prayer and fasting asking God to show us what we will be preaching and teaching on in 2024 so that all of the parts and pieces of the Love Him team and all the other teams can work together, get ready with music, prayers, visuals, acts of worship, stuff for the online worshiping community, stuff for the discipleship communities, all of that stuff, just on and on. Truth be told, it's one of the places where I feel God the most, preparing to lead worship as one of your pastors. So, so I know it's important, but still I wonder, why? Why is it so important? Our gospel lesson this morning is from Matthew, 20, 20, Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40, and it helps us so much. Let's pray together before we hear these precious words. Oh God, we thank you for worship we realize that even as we're talking about it, we're doing it, and we're in the middle of it right now. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and open our hearts to what this thing is and to why it matters so very much as we live our faith, as we find our calls to ministry, and as we are about your work in the world. Would you, oh God, come and open our hearts to what you say to us today through these, your words. 
We pray this in the name of Jesus. May the people of God say, Amen. Let us hear the word of God, beginning in the 34th verse. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, now that's kind of funny. That's two religious parties at, in the time of Jesus. They didn't like each other at all. They were both trying to get Jesus. The Sadducees had tried and messed up, but now the Pharisees come in. They're going to do it. They're just sure. They gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him or to tempt Jesus. Teacher, verse 36, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, the word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Our gospel lesson helps us so much. Jesus is being challenged, tested, or tempted, just as he often was. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? You can just hear the sarcasm dripping from the voice of the Pharisee. There are 613 ways, at least 613 ways, for Jesus to mess this up, and about a thousand subjective opinions from hundreds of roving, roving rabbis who think they know better than anybody else how to answer this question. The, the Pharisees, one one political party of religious leaders in Jesus' day, they think they've got him. They're just sure they've got him. Whatever he says, it's going to be wrong. And they're going to ridicule and humiliate him, and they're going to use it to put Jesus in his place. <laughs> that's what they're getting ready to do. Only that's not what happens. That's not what happens. Jesus responds by reciting the Shema from Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Can't anybody argue with this? <laughs> these faithful Jewish leaders have these words strapped to their bodies, written on scrolls that are rolled up and tucked in little boxes, strapped to their person. They've got other little boxes on their doorposts with the same words rolled up and stuck on their doorposts. They touch them every time they come and go from the house. They know that these are the words of truth. They say them all the time. It's like the Lord's Prayer for us. All I have to do is start our Father, and y'all will just go right in, right? That's how it happened. We know, we know what to do when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Just like those words mean so much to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind meant so much to them, just the same. But the question that we have, maybe not the Pharisees' question, but our question is, okay, God, the greatest commandment is to love God with our whole being. That's what Jesus says. But how do we do that? How do we do it? Jesus says, I'm getting ready to tell you, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. He goes into Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, and he plucks out a single law from this bizarre cluster of odds and ends that would make your head spin around. And he says, love God with your whole being and love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. He puts them together, not ever separated again, and he says everything else is just commentary on these two things. That's what Jesus says. Some say, Jesus isn't clear enough here to be practical. I say, no, he's not ambiguous enough for us to muddy the waters until we get what we want. Jesus is crystal clear with what is the greatest commandment. It's just hard, really hard to do, and he doesn't leave us any wiggle room. That's why we struggle with this. Our daughter, Annabelle, is in Miss Amy Jackson's first grade class at McFadden Elementary. They have just one classroom rule. Can you imagine? Just one. Laurie has five. They just have one. It is, it is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, that, to be clear, that's not do unto them as they did unto you. That's not right. And it's not do unto others as you uh, as I'm going to do. It's not, it's not, I mix that up. It's not do unto me and I'm going to do unto you. It's not that, is it? That's not right. No, it's do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's Luke chapter 6, verse 31. It's Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It's straight out of the Bible, words of life again. But when I first heard this at our little classroom orientation, I thought, now how are you going to keep order in a first grade classroom <laughs> with just one rule. How are you going to do that? I can't keep order with one first grader in my house with a hundred rules. How is she going to do this with just one rule? But you can ask Annabelle. It works. It works beautifully. You see, this rule of life becomes a frame through which all our actions and reactions are considered in the moment and even after the moment. Oh, it creates beautiful learning opportunities for first graders and for their parents, too, and for their parents. Just a few days ago, uh, we were all at home. My wife, Shannon, and I were having one of those smiling fights over the heads of the children. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever have a smiling fight over the head of your child or your children? When you, when you speak in parables so they don't know that you are having an argument, I know y'all don't do that, but we do at our house, I, I started it, actually. I came in, and things were in a disarray, and I said, uh, Ah, Shannon, there was once a man who tried to do just one thing at a time until he finished that one thing. It was amazing how much he could do in a day, you know, when he was focused on just one thing at a time and not distracted like a little dog teeing in the snow. The laundry was done, the counter was clear, the groceries, uh, $200 worth of groceries were not melting in the trunk of the car when he was focused on these things. Shannon said, ah, Drewy, that's what she calls me when she loves me, ah, Drewy, I'll bet he didn't have any children. <laughs> Let me tell you about a woman who actually had some help with the children. She got so much done too. I said, well, Shannon, you know, I'm sure that woman called the many babysitters that we have on the list. That's how she got that extra help when she needed it. I said, uh, she said, yes, maybe, Reverend uh, Know-it-all, maybe she did. But you are their father, and you have been at the airport for six hours on your only day off to help me with the children. It went downhill from there, as you can, as you can imagine. But we kept it clean. We kept it clean. We fought fair, and I lost. Uh, Annabelle, our, our first grader, after a while, she came over to me, and she, she, you know how they pull you down? She pulled me down, 
And she whispered in my ear like a coach encouraging the next play in the game. And she said, you know, Miss Jackson says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think maybe you should just help mommy instead of worrying about who's not doing what. And I said, well, Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson is right. <laughs> one rule, one rule. Everything else is just commentary. The greatest commandment is our rule of life. Love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The golden rule is just a restatement of that. It's the same thing, just with the words in a different order. Now, what's that got to do with worship, with the work of the Love Him team? Well, I think most of us have noticed by now that what Jesus says here is so hard to actually do across the breadth and the depth of our lives. It's so hard that built into the fabric of the thing is this active loving of God which enables us to love ourselves and to love our neighbors and the fact that the main way we love God is by loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. You see, it is a two-way engine that generates the power for living the way God has called us to live. The act of worship puts us in the very presence of God and each other where we can feel this engine running down deep in our souls in a positive and safe place so that when we go out there, when we go anywhere out there and we put this power to work, we can recognize it and feel it and know it in the most difficult, unsafe, non-positive environments. You see, that engine is always going to work because it's God's. <laughs> but if it's not tuned up regularly... It just won't give you the power that you need when you need it the most. I want you to think about those moments in worship that really speak to you. Just a few weeks ago, I was in here with y'all, and the praise team up here sang a song that I had never heard, God is on the throne. Do you remember that song, God is on the throne? He reigns forevermore. Just think about it. Just think about it. Do you remember that? What a song. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? Why should I run when Jesus is here? I'm safe in his arms, safe in his heart, and nothing can take me away. You remember that? Oh, my goodness. I was having a moment sitting right over there where Mark is. I was overwhelmed by the love of God. And I saw our sisters and brothers up here in the front singing this song from their hearts. I know their stories. They, not a one of them has an easy life. They do not have easy lives in the same way that you don't have easy lives. Yet here they are up in front of us singing, giving testimony to the goodness of God in the land of the living, guiding us step by step into what it looks like to fall on our faces before God and just, just think about it. I thought about Ben Shaw, who earlier that week came and gave me the biggest bear hug after I shared some really difficult stuff that was just breaking my heart, that had me down, I felt the presence of God in that bear hug. And I felt Ben's genuine love for me, his neighbor. I thought about John Brown having to take his daughter 
a thousand miles away for college. I thought, oh my goodness, I can't imagine having to do that a thousand miles away. I was praying for him. I thought about John Potts working with our youth praise team all the time. Such a faithful effort that's bearing so much fruit for them. My goodness, I thought about Nancy and Emily who were singing that day, singing that song from such a deep place. They were not just reading words off a page. They were sharing their lives with us in that moment of worship. And I thought, how glad I am that we are all in this together, in the presence of God, in this safe and sacred place of worship. The Holy Spirit gave me eyes to see the power of love for God and neighbor. Love, which, as Jesus talks about it, love which asks nothing in return which gives and gives and gives and never runs out. Love which drives out because it's God's love. Love which drives out sin and selfishness and raises up new life in Jesus Christ. Oh, you get a little taste of that when you worship God in your car on the way to work. And maybe you get a little more when you have an extra good quiet time early in the morning. But there is no substitute for coming before the throne of God with all of your sisters and brothers. You see... In that moment, you see God, you see each other, and you see yourself. And this flow of God's love, just it just happens. Just think about it, just think about it. The difference, the difference it makes from day to day. Monday came right after Sunday, as it invariably does, and I had a real Monday <laughs> full of nonsense like some of your Mondays are, but that Monday... Because my engine was tuned up and my tank was full, by the grace of God, I was able to catch my breath and remember the rule of life God has given to us before I lost my religion. I was able to see hopeful opportunities to live differently in the face of the nonsense of life, to live differently in the name of Jesus, even on a Monday. Love God with your whole being. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So hard to do all the time. So hard to do. But when you've been practicing it, feeling it, thinking about it, goodness, you know exactly what to do in those most frustrating moments. You don't have to consult the rule book. You don't have to phone a friend. You don't have to take three days to figure it out. You just know how to love with a love which expects nothing in return because you are dialed in to the love of God flowing in and through and all around your life. <laughs> Did Jesus really just sum up the whole of the Christian life with two incomplete sentences plucked from the pages of the Old Testament? Yes. Yes, he did. Just think about it. Just think about it. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.